I need you to hear me because God talking to us today. Praise God. God is speaking to us today. I need you to hear me. Uh, Mark, the second chapter is going to be a teaching message until we get the word out. Praise God. Mark, the second chapter. It says, and again he entered into Capernaum after some days, which meant that he had been there before. And again he entered into Capernaum after some days. He had been there before, and they never recognized that Jesus was in Capernaum. But because of his love for the peoples of Capernaum, Capernaum was known as the city of Nahum. Amen. But uh, he entered that city again, which meant that God was more patient with us than we are with our own self. Too often we give up on nations, loved ones, friends too quick. Jesus was in this particular city, and nobody even noticed that he was there. So what he did, amen, he entered again. After some days, the second time, it was noise or notice that he was in the house. Underline after some days. Amen? Which meant that he had been there for quite a while. Now remember, this was not Jesus' first trip or first journey to Capernaum. Talk to me, somebody. But this time, after some days, not the first day, amen, not the second day, but after some days, it was noise or notice that Jesus was in the house. He had been there for some time. And what God gave me, this scripture reference is in reference to Isaiah 42 and 1, where it says, Behold, my servant shall not cry, nor lift up his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. Amen? This scripture is in reference to, uh, praise God, Isaiah 42, because Jesus was not a crier. I want to get myself straight today. Jesus was not a person that go out and say, hey, y'all, look at me. I'm in the house. I want all eyes on me. Jesus was not that type of person. Talk to me, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. He was not a person to cry out. Even though Jesus preached in the streets, uh, uh, most of his ministry was in the, was in the streets and, and sometimes in the synagogue, and sometimes in a house, Jesus was not the one that cried out to get attention saying, hey, look at me. I'm in the house. I'm the man of the house. He was not that kind of person. Talk to me, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. But after a while, when Jesus is in the house, the atmosphere will change. From a circus atmosphere, amen, to an atmosphere of worship and deliverance. Amen. Talk to me, somebody. If we do not accept the atmosphere, amen, of deliverance, talk to me, somebody. Glory to God and salvation. Jesus won't stay in the house. Amen. He'll leave the house. Amen. 
He said, where there's envy and strife and division, there's every evil work, and God is not even there. Amen. So the atmosphere uh, needs to be right, but only Jesus can set the tone and make the atmosphere right by being there himself. And after Jesus come into the house, we as believers, we need to notice that he's in the house. Amen. And if you notice, and when, most times when we notice that Jesus is speaking to us or trying to get our attention, it really is not the first time. So often Jesus tried to get our attention before, but we did not listen. So what Jesus did, he departed. Because a prophet is not without honor among his own home and among his own kin, folks. Talk to me in reference to Jesus, not us now. Because we try to use that to get the glory out of self. Oh, I'm going to preach in a minute. Talk to me, somebody. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So, he, again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noticed or noise that he was in the house. It was not his first time coming to the house. Amen? And when he got to this house the second time, Amen. When he first got there, they still did not know that he was in the house. But after some days, this time, they noticed or they took knowledge or they were aware that Jesus was in the house. Amen. Talk to me, somebody. Amen. In reference to Isaiah 41 and 2. Behold, my servant shall not cry, nor lift up his voice, nor cause his voice to be heard in a street. But he come to bring justice and judgment. He's not a person that seeks personal attention. And all, God wants to be like him. Y'all, we're going to preach in a minute, I promise you. So what God gave me, we as believers are the ones who are going to have to take note and acknowledge that Jesus is in the house. Or should I say the place of worship? Amen? See, the question should not be, uh, shall I bring Jesus with me in the house? Somebody say, I brought him with me. I know he here because I brought him with me. You can be saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost, and you can go in the wrong house, and Jesus still ain't in the house, but he'll be in you. Somebody say, I know he in the house because I brought him with me. That's not the right question. Amen. But the question should be rather, uh, we will seek the house where Jesus dwells. See? All of us as believers are supposed to seek to be in the house where Jesus dwells. It's not really anywhere I go, I take, you go to the bar, you go to Walmart, you go to the baseball field, you go to the, uh, uh, to the graduation. If you say you took him with you. But that still don't mean that Jesus is in the house. He in you, but he ain't in the house. So it's not the question, of, well, you know, I know he handcuffed. I brought him with me. No, but rather uh, we should seek the house where the Lord dwells. Amen. That's what David talked about, amen, in Psalm 27 also. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of God, because Jesus dwells in his house. Any house that what Christ dwells in, it is his house. It might be your personal house. Amen. I remember some years ago, my nephew from Alabama, uh, Spent some time with us. Matter of fact, he got saved. He's still saved. You know. But uh, he, he, he came. He did not come from the, from the church. But he grew up, you know, a young man there in little gangs in Montgomery, Alabama. Little, little street gang. 
So he was not familiar with the Holy Spirit. And, and he would say, Uncle Fred, he said, man, I'm not kidding you. He said, but it's a ghost in your house. He said, but it's a good ghost. He said, it's just so, it's just so peaceful. He said, it's a ghost in his house, man. I just can't explain it. Amen? Now, let, let, let's, get, let's, let's get through with me. and let, Let's go somewhere. Cause we're going to preach in a minute. Amen? So, uh, after some days, it was noticed that Jesus was in the house. So, the question should not be, shall I bring Jesus with me in the house? But the question to us as believers is, we should go to the house where Christ dwells. Amen? We should try to find the house that, that Christ dwells in because any house that Christ dwells in is the house of God. Then how come David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go to the house of God. Because if you go to God's house, God dwells there. He abides there. He stay there. You can find him there. But when you first go in the house, you still might not see him. You got to notice that he's in the house. Amen. I'm going to preach in the minute. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. The second verse says, And straightway many was gathered together in some ways that there was no room to receive him. Now remember now, all of these folks was not in the house from the beginning. But after it was noticed, or after it was noise, or it was uh, noise abroad, that Jesus really is in the house, then the house filled up. But Jesus was in the house, and the house still only had a few occupants because they did not know that he was there. Amen. Ooh, I'm going to preach in a minute. Talk to me, somebody. Amen. And that's the way it is in this day and this hour. Do you love me, saint? Thank you, Jesus. So straightway, many was gathered together in so much that there was uh, no room to receive him, receive them, no, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. Now look, it said there was no room to receive them, but he still preached the word unto them. Amen. I'm going to preach, I'm going to teach in a minute. Amen. Tell Lord, thank you. Thank you Lord. Hallelujah. And what God gave me, you will know the house where Jesus dwells at. Not necessarily because the house is packed out. Amen, because a rock star can pack out and fill the house. A public event can fill the house. Talk to me somebody. But you will know the house that Christ dwells in because you will find others that are gathered together in his name seeking for truth and salvation. And they're not seeking for amusement, see. So often we look for a big crowd and we want a big crowd too. But the Bible says there be two or three of my believers gathered together in my name, touching and agreeing. God said, I'm in that house. That's the house you need to find. Hallelujah. And then you can go tell others that God is in this house. I'm going to preach in a minute. Talk to me, somebody. Tell Lord, thank you. Hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb of God. So you will know the house where Christ dwells at. Not necessary because it's packed out. A rock star, a movie star, a professional person. Amen. A famous person can pack the house up. But you will know the house where Christ, where Christ dwells because you will find other believers 
that are gathered together. They're seeking for salvation and also seeking truth and not seeking amusement. Do y'all still love me, Saint? We went to an amusement thing. What that thing was down in Fort Lauderdale? What do you call it? No, the, the, the circus thing. Man, that place was packed up. He should know because she told us about it. Went to a circus down there, man, we had some fun. That place was packed out. There was no parking space. There was nowhere. The place was packed out. It was a beautiful event. But it don't necessarily mean that Jesus was in the house, but because it was an amusement thing, it was packed out. So just because the place is full do not mean that Jesus is in the house. Amen. Talk to me, somebody. Amen. Amen. Unless you're seeking for amusement. Nothing wrong with going to a sporting event. Talk to me, somebody. Hallelujah. Went to my, grand, my granddaughter's grad, uh, at his graduation, and my God, them young kids had it going on. Play with, <laughs> play with packed out. It was a nice event. Those young folks are so skilled. Do you love me, church? Amen? Amen? But this second verse, and straightway many was gathered together in so much that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. Everybody could not get to the door, but yet he preached the word unto them. Do y'all still love me, saints? Y'all ready? The third verse. And they came to him, bringing one sick of palsy, which was bull of foe. Amen? Praise God. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, it was so many folks in the house now. They uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken it up, they let down the bed where the sick of the palsy lay. Amen? Now see, in a worldly event, listen to me, saint, because God talking to you today. When the house is full and the door is closed, uh, I want to say this again. In a worldly event, at an amusement park or whatever you're going to. Whenever the door is closed, amen, and the house is full because they have met their quota. And see, they, uh, when you go to these events, if you go to a boxing match or a basketball game or a football game, they really is not come to, to, uh, to please you. They come to meet their quota. They want to get the house uh, packed out so they can make their money. Amen? So whenever that thing gets full up, they close the door. And it means that, no, sir, we don't need you no more because, you know, we got a fire alarm here and we don't need you up in here because it's a, it's a hazard. They have met their quota. God gave it to me. And quota means a limit or a fixed number. They trying to meet a limit or a fixed number. And that number is not people, but that number is money. <laughs> I want to make enough money uh, 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 to pay off all of my employees and make a profit, but I don't want to bring nobody else in that's going to that's going to be a risk, cause an accident and sue me. So that's how come they have a, a certain number. That's how it is in a world event when the house is packed out. Y'all ain't hurt me yet. Amen. It never was about you in the first place. You need to know that. Whenever you go, when I went to that uh, circus dining in Fort Lauderdale with my daughter, it was never about me. Even though I was a preacher. I had to fit there and enjoy that thing with everybody else. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. It was never about me. 
Are you, that's in a worldly event. I want to get this. I want y'all to hear me. It's not about you when you go to these events. A few years ago, my wife and I was in Miami at my daughter's, uh, my daughter-in-law graduation. It was last year, right? That's the biggest event I ever been to in my life. Public event downtown Miami. What name of that place was? The James Knight Center. That place was packed out. It was so huge, and all of these folks was graduating from college. And it was a couple of uh, ladies up there that was acting a fool. And they was trying to get the attention on them. And I looked back and I, I'm not lying to you. I looked, the lady had shoes on this tall. We looked back there, she started streaming up in the top of the, the back of it. And when we looked back, she had her shoe by the heel and she had her leg up over her head like that right there. Trying to get attention, just cussing. Next thing I know, the security started coming to, towards her. Amen? They didn't put her, I was, I was surprised they didn't put her out right then, but they were putting out a lot of folk. But what I'm trying to say, well, it was not about her. Them folk were trying to meet their quota. Talk to me somebody, you had to have a ticket to get in that place. But she wanted to show off up in there that day. And that's how we are. That's, the, that's human nature. Do y'all still love me? I'm going to preach in a minute. Uh, somebody said, where are you going with this? I'll show you where I'm going in a minute. I want to read that, that, that uh, 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 third verse again. And they came to him when they could not bring the man in, the fourth way, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press. So many folks, they uncovered the roof where he was, and when they had broken up, they let down the bed where the sick or the palsy lay. Lord have mercy. I want y'all to get this. When you go to a worldly event such as a graduation or whatever it is, could be the wrestling match. Amen? And the door is already closed. They close the door when they meet their quota. They have a limited or a fixed number of people, so there's money that they expect to make. It was never about you in the first place. Amen? The world see us as merchandise. According to 2 Peter 2 and 3, it says, through covetousness shall they with fringe words make merchandise of you, whose judgment lingers not, and their damnation slumbers not. He was talking about the false prophets. That was a religious event, but they didn't care nothing about the folk. But the house where Jesus dwelt, let's read that full verse. When they could not come nigh to him for the press, they uncovered the roof where the house was, and when they had broken up, they let down the bed where the sick of the palsy lay. Listen to me. But the house where Jesus dwells, even when the place is full and it seems like the door is shut, Jesus is not turning your way. But it is only a test of your faith. Oh, y'all better hear me today. In a worldly event, when you go to an event, they say, come early and get a good seat. Once they meet their quota and they close that door and that thing is shut, they don't care nothing about you. But in the house where Jesus dwells, even when the place is packed out, when there is no room and it seems like the door has closed in your face, Jesus is still not turning your way. But he's only testing your faith to see how bad you want him. Are you going to hang around? So these particular folk, they brought a woman that was bought a four, a man rather, whoever it was. 
And they could not get in because of the press. Now, in a natural event, in a worldly event, they would have sent her home or else sent them to jail. But Jesus' house is different. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I don't care if it look like ain't no room. Whenever it seems like the door is closed in your face, amen, if Jesus is in the house, amen, it is only a test of your faith. You keep on knocking, and it shall be open. You keep on seeking, and you will find. Amen. The Bible says, good measure, press down and shake together, shall men's given to your bosom. See, you need to understand this. When it comes down to spirituality, when it comes down to deliverance, you should not give up too quick because, amen, it is not like it is in the world. Jesus is not trying to meet a quota. He ain't got no fixed number. He said, whosoever will, let him come and take of the water of life freely. I don't care if the house is full. I don't care if the vineyard still is full. If you be willing and obedient, you're still going to eat the good of the land. It's a test of your faith. <clears throat> so often, we have faith and we look for God to do things and it don't happen because it seems like there is no room. Or it seems like God don't hear and we give up. But I'm telling you, it is a test of your faith. Jesus could have had a front row seat for these folks. Let's read that four verse again. And when they could not come now, if Jesus was like us, he would have told them for, come early. Come early, get your good seat. I want you to have a front row seat. I want everybody to see this. Jesus knew everything. But Jesus waited till the house got packed out and there was no room and then they locked the door. But Jesus still was not turning away these folks. But it was a test of their faith. Everybody, every Christian need to learn this right here. The Bible said in the book of Hebrews, said they waxed valiant in the fight. And they turned to flight the armies of the aliens. You got to keep on believing God. Because he's not turning you away. Even if it seems like it ain't no room. Even if it seems like it ain't no way possible. God is only testing your faith. Woo, the Bible said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and violence takes it by force. You got to learn how to press your way. You got to keep on pushing. Another example was the woman that had the issue of blood for 12 long years. There was no room around Jesus. There was no room to get to him. But the Bible said she kept pressing and she kept pushing her way. My God, because she understood kingdom principles. It is not like a worldly event. God is not just trying to meet a quota. A limited number. I done made my money. I ain't studying y'all. As good as Walmart is. Walmart don't care nothing about us. I tell you what, when we came from Palm Beach Friday evening for my, gra my granddaughter's graduation, it's a little place that we wanted to, uh, to go eat at. And we got there just in time before they closed the door. But the food that we got, we had to go outside. Oh, they had met their quota. Oh, look at that. Oh, my God, here they come. But early in the morning, may I help you? What do you want? They had met their quota. <laughs> that's how it is with the world. And that's the way it is with, oh, my God, with relationship between men and women. Now, that don't mean that person got to be saved and talking in tongues, but they need to have the right heart. 
Ladies and men, you leave folks alone that are just looking for to meet their quota. Oh, yes, I said that to please themselves. Talk to me, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. I was drunk. I don't know what I was doing. Really? Wasn't drunk then, though. I'm going to preach right now. Do you love me, saints? Hallelujah. How many of y'all learned something? So when they could not come now unto him for the prayer, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken up, they let down the bed where the sick of the palsy lay. Amen? Amen. In a worldly event, once the house is full and they has met their quota, they locked the door. Because it's not about you in the first place. They only see you as merchandise, according to First Peter, amen, I mean, Second Peter, second chapter said, through covetousness, it got to be a draw. And fringe words, amen, which means deception, lies, shall they make merchandise of you, and God be my witness. I remember a man brought a tent to this city a long time ago, and my brother, he, he was a character. And my brother told this preacher, he said, hey, preacher, let me talk to you. You got all these boys around you. They don't know know that. So we were surprised that the preacher listened to my brother. My brother said, what you need to do now, you need to take this tent. And you count them chairs you got out there. You need to add, you need to put you another section in that tent. And then you add you about 50 more chairs. (laughs) And every chair that you add, that could be another potential $10. And lo and behold, that man came back. That man had added to that tent. Now, I'm not saying, <laughs> I'm not saying his motive was wrong, but they were trying to meet a quota. Talk to me, somebody. Because, see, my brother knew about quotas. He knew when you go get a load of watermelon, you had to make a, you had to get enough, you had to get a big enough load to pay for your expense and then uh, to make a profit. And that's how the world sees us as merchandise. How many of y'all understand this thing today? I'm going to preach in a minute. But, amen? But in the house where Jesus dwells, even when the place is full and the door seems to be shut, amen? Jesus is not turning you away. God talking to somebody. And what that really means is somebody didn't got what they was looking for before you. You remember the story about the pool of Bethesda? Y'all will say amen. For at a certain season, an angel came down and troubled the pool. And whosoever first stepped in at the movement of the water, he was made whole, the trouble of the water. But this certain man had been there for 38 years. And he really could not get in because every time he tried to get in, amen, somebody else stepped in before him. The world looked for to, to meet a quota. Talk to me, somebody. A limited number or a space or else amount of money or else people. But when the house was Jesus, see Jesus showed up to the house and that man had been there in that condition and Jesus said, will thou be made whole? And the man said, I do not have a man to help me reach this quota. But Jesus is not about a quota. He want to test your faith. And that man's faith had been tested to see how bad do you really want it. That man kept hanging around. That man could have went home with his head hanging down, but he kept on hanging around. Hallelujah. And Jesus said, arise and take up that bed and walk. My God. 
God, the man never got in the water. Amen. Because he understood that, amen, it was a test of his faith. He still got his healing. God telling you don't give up too quick. If Jesus is in the house, if it seems like the door is closed, make sure Christ in the house now. If it seems like all of the avenues and the streets are cut off, if it seems like there is no way, Jesus is not turning you away. God gave me this word for you. God is not turning you away, but he's testing your faith to see are you still going to trust him? Are you still going to pray about this thing? Are you still going to believe God? Are you still going to trust God? Hallelujah. How many believe it? I'm telling you, this word is beneficiary to all of us. Whether you be a lay person, whether you be a male or female, whether you be married or single, whether you be a preacher or anybody, God is talking to you. Amen? Amen. I mean, the Bible said the scripture cannot be broken. The Bible said acts and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. Good measure, press down, shake together, and run over. Shall men's given to your bosom. A whole lot of folk claim they want to be ministers and pastors and prophets. But when the folks don't immediately creep or show up, they start doing other stuff. Amen? You don't realize that everything is a test of your faith. If you, go to, if you believe God for a brand new Cadillac, I'm just speaking, amen, in general, amen? And you go down there and you buy a lemon. Talk to me, somebody. God has not closed the door in your faith. But he's testing your faith. Amen. To see, are you still going to be able to believe God? Yes. How many of y'all hear me? Amen. Oh, God trying to help somebody today. See, my job as a preacher is to urge you, amen, to encourage you to go on. Hallelujah. It's only a test of your faith. Amen. How many believe that? How many believe God gave this to me? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The house where Jesus dwells, even when the place is full and the door seems to be shut. Because when you believe God, the door ain't never shut. It just looks like that. See, it's one, let me tell y'all something. It's one thing to, to lock the door. Y'all better say amen. And you can't get in. But it's another thing when the door seems like it's shut. It just looked like it's shut. And he said, no. Nah. And it shall be open. It just looked like it should. It just looked like it. You ain't got close enough. You ain't twisting off. Amen. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Now God talking to us today in the day. It just looked like the door was shut. Even in that house, it looked like the door was shut. But it was a way. Oh my God. It was a test of their faith. Talk to me, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. It was a test of their faith, amen, to see uh, are we true believers in his promise. Isaiah, the second chapter, 19 verse said, If you be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of God has spoken it. The sword, the word of God is a two-edged sword. So you got to be willing. Suppose they would have never went on top of that rooftop. How many of y'all hear me? Amen. Do y'all still love me? Amen. The fifth verse said, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick of Parthas, son, 
thy sins be forgiven thee. Now when Jesus saw their faith, amen, Jesus tested their faith and Jesus saw their faith. And he forgave their sin and he healed the land according to 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If I shut up the heaven, it just looked like the heaven shut up. I'm talking about for God's people now. If God has not answered your prayer, come on, if I shut the heaven and there be no rain. See, when it says there's no rain, that means ain't no room in the house. If I send pestilence to devour the land, if I send locals among my people, he said, but if my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and keep on seeking God's faith and then turn because God trying to tell us something. God said, I hear from heaven. That means God will make room. Amen? And heal their land. How many learn something? I'm telling you something. God don't never turn away a believer if you keep believing God. Amen. God don't never turn. But what happened is we quit too quick. Because it seemed like the door was shut. And it seemed like the heaven been shut up. And it seemed like God don't speak no more. And it seemed like God don't answer prayer. And it seemed like God don't care nothing about you. That's the way we feel. David said, this is my infirmities. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You need to be willing to keep on believing God. Even after setback. Even when it seemed like the door was shut. Just like these folks were. That fifth verse. And when Jesus saw their faith, Jesus tested their faith and he saw their faith. Yeah. Amen? And what he, when he saw their faith, he healed their land. According to Isaiah. I mean, according to 2 Chronicles 7 14. If I shut up the heavens, I mean, if God shut it up, God will open it. Talk to me, somebody. Amen. Now, see, man will try to close doors on you. And they won't open it. But if God is hesitating a little bit, that don't mean that God has rejected you. Y'all better say amen. It's something that he's trying to show us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It was a man of God. He died very recently, about maybe 10 years ago. Maybe not that long. Eight. His name was T.L. Osborne. T.L. Osborne, during the great healing campaigns of the 40s and the 50s, T.L. Osborne uh, decided that he, he, his calling was a world missionary evangelist. That was the calling that he had. And because he came from an influential family that had money, they sent him in a ministry. They sent him to China. Paid the price. He went to China. He saw no sick getting healed. He saw no demons cast out. He saw nobody even coming to Christ. And he came back to America kind of sad, but he knew that he had a, halt, a calling upon his life. And the man said, uh, then he went to a meeting in Portland, Oregon, where William Brown was preaching at. And he said, I saw him cast out devils. And he said, he saw him took a cross-eyed girl, and he turned her toward the audience. And he said, may this evil thing lead the girl, and the, eyes, the girl eyes straighten up. And he said that everybody else was worshiping that man like that man was God. But he said he heard a thousand voices speak to him and say, you can do that. He said, forget about all the other stuff and about them angels and them clouds, but you can do that. He went back and told the church, said, I can do that. 
somebody. They said, you just left China. You are a faith. He said, I can do that. He read that Bible brand new again. And he, he based his ministry on four basic uh, fundamentals. Number one, God is who he said he is. God can do what he said he would do. And whatever God says I am, I am that. And then he went to uh, Miami and got on a ship to go to Jamaica. And he said, uh, I don't know whether it was the airport or what. Play where you get on the ship at. Waiting area. And he said he saw a lady walking like this right here. And she was walking like that. And she couldn't stand up. Everybody was looking at her. And he said he saw a 400-pound demon sitting on her shoulder. And so he ran over and said, no, devil. He pushed the demon off and the lady stood up and walked straight. And then he went into the islands of, in the islands of the Caribbean. And people that had no eyes, people that had never walked, my God, eyes grew in their head. They walked, they talked. And then he went back to Africa, my God. And he was a white man with red beard and red hair. And they put the sign up on the, on the big, big podium and said, Jesus is here. And the native folk thought that he was Jesus. And when the folks came to him and said, Jesus, he said, I'm not Jesus. But when he touched them, they got healed. And they declare it was the greatest revival. This man, he won more souls personally than anybody besides Reinhard Bunke. This is back in the 40s and 50s where they had a million folks in attendance. Amen? Because number one, God is who he said he is. Number two, God will do what he said he will do. And number three, I am who God says I am. And if God tell you that you can heal the sick, you can heal the sick. And if God say he's going to answer your prayer, God's going to answer your prayer. The only reason God don't answer your prayer is because you are, we are the ones, amen, that limit God. God has not cast you away. God has not closed the door in your faith, even though it looked like the door is closed. How many of y'all hear me? How many getting something? See, when I read about them great men and women of God, I don't get caught up in their personality. Because all of them had a personality. But I see Jesus operating through them folks. Talk to me, somebody. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Do y'all still love me? Or my church? Let's go somewhere. Let's go somewhere. When Jesus saw that faith, he said to the sick of part of his son, that sin be forgiven thee. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Jesus tested and saw their faith and forgave their sins, and he healed our land, according to 2 Chronicles 7, 14. If I shut up the heavens and there be no rain. See, that means that there's no room. The door is shut. That's what it looked like. If I send pestilence to devour the land, if I send locals among my people, the door is shut. But if you keep on praying about it, that door will open back up. And this time it will be for real. Amen. Well, I prayed to God and God didn't move, so I guess he don't care. The devil is a lie. The door is not shut. The door is not locked. So what them folks did, they got on the house and they let the sick down through the ceiling. How many of y'all hear me? My God, my God. And he tested their faith and he saw their faith. Thank you, Jesus. Do y'all love me, saints? 
But there was a certain scribe sitting there and reasoning in their heart, saying, Why do this man thus speak blasphemy? Who can forgive God? Sin for God only. It always going to be somebody that blasphemes. See, our problem is when we start believing God for a miracle, we try to go find everybody and think they're going to agree with us. It always going to be somebody that's going to blaspheme. Y'all better say amen. You just need Jesus to see your faith. And the people that are in your very, very, very small circle, they also need to be on board. That certain man that was carried or four, those four people had the faith just like him. That's why they were successful. Forget about the ones that was already in the house. How many of y'all love me? I want to make this thing plain because God talking to us. Man, God is God. God is awesome. God is a way maker. God is a miracle worker. Hallelujah. When it seems like the doors is closed. Amen. God is not turning you away. But he's only testing your faith. In a worldly event, when the door is closed, the door is closed. Because first of all, they were, they were, they were not concerned about, come on now, come on now early. I tell you what, show up late. Come on, I get get ready, get 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 get. Mess around and come after that and make their quota. They look at you like, hmm. But not with Jesus. He ain't looking for no quota. It's a test of your faith. Hallelujah to God. It's a test of your faith. And as long as you got faith, there's room. Now, how many believe God talking to you today? How many believe God talking to us? I done tried this thing a many times and I'm still trying it. And I know it's real. Do you love me, saints? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But what God gave me, see, what really messed a lot of folks up, a lot of people who are, I mean, all the people that are called by his name, it's not going to stop seeking the faith of, of Jesus until they get in his presence. But everybody, don't seek Jesus for the miracle of salvation. Amen? Some people just seek Jesus for the loaves. St. John 6.37 says, Labor not for meat which perish, but for meat which endures unto everlasting life. Let's, let's read a little further here. Do y'all love me, saint? So why reason you these things in your heart? Jesus said, well, it is easy to say to the sick of Parthen that sins be forgiven thee. Or to say, arise and take up that bed and walk. Amen? And a lot of Christians, we pray to God to forgive our sins. But there's not enough Christians that's praying to God for deliverance from sin. Amen? I mean, come on, it's time out for us, amen, laying the foundation of repentance again. Yes, God will forgive you. Well, wouldn't it be better to, to be uh, delivered so you can pray another? Now, God gave it to me this morning. I ain't doing all for nobody. Lord, forgive me. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, please. But, Lord, I want you to forgive me, and I want you to deliver me. Amen. Talk to me, somebody. Because that's where the greatest blessing lies at. Do you still love me? But 
ye, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sin. He said to the sick of parsley, I say unto thee, arise, take up that bed, and go into that house. And immediately he took up the bed and went forth before them all, insomuch that they all were amazed, and they glorified God, saying, We have never seen it in the fashion. They never saw it like that. Because Jesus was not trying to meet a quota. The door was full. The house was full. And there was no room to even get near the door. Not only was the place packed out, but it was packed out all around the door. Amen? So in a world event, you child, you might as well just go on back. Oh my God. Last night, I had a dream. And I know that I didn't need it. It seemed like everybody was going to Harlem Garden. Because they were giving out free food. And I said, well, everybody getting free food. I said, Trisha, we can get some free too. So when me and Trisha got ready to go, go out of Harlem Garden, we know we didn't need it. We just going to go. They said, anybody can come get it. We go out there in Harlem Garden. That line was, was backed all the way around the building. We thought it was just one line. But it was a line go this way and a line go that way. And a line. I said, line. I said, oh, no, I ain't going out there. Let's go home. Amen. Looking for a certain quota. But when you come down to... God, I don't care how long the line is, God ain't turning away you. He has not closed the door on you. He's not looking for a quota or a... Oh, my God. Now, how many hear this today? Man, God has made promises to us down through the years. And we think that God operates like the kingdom of this world. In this world, they're trying to meet their quota. They ain't studying you. And I hate to say it, even some religious event ain't thinking about us. The Bible said they promised them liberty, but they themselves are servants of corruption. But through covetousness and with friends, deceiving words, they make merchandise of you. We should never see a church member as merchandise. I should never see you and what I can get out of you. But I'm supposed to see you. How can I help you to have faith to overcome? Ooh, somebody. Talk to me, somebody. But everybody's not looking for the miracle of salvation. Talk to me, somebody. Some folks just want to eat up the loaves in full. God don't mind you eating the loaves, but God wants you to try to get the real miracle. And when you understand the miracle of salvation... You'll know, amen, that when the door is seen to be shut, that's the way God gave it to me. When the house is full and the door seems to be shut, because when you got faith, the door ain't never shut. It just looked like that. Hallelujah. The house might be full, but the door ain't never shut. It ain't locked. Talk to me, somebody. You just might need to knock on it. You start knocking, it'll come open. But in the world, when you see that door shut, you better not go to that door. See, y'all kids got it too made. Y'all, y'all. There's a lady when I was growing up in Alabama. She had some rebellious sons. They the same age I was. And the lady, we call her, we, we gave everybody a nickname. We called her Pug. That go that Pug. I don't know why we called her lady Pug. She said, you better come on here before I close my door. She closed that door, them boys better knocking all night long. You ain't coming up in here. But in the kingdom of God, when it looks like the door is closed, it is only a test of your faith to see if you're going to keep on knocking. Oh, y'all better hear me today. 
But we do need to start looking for the miracle of salvation. Let me tell you, there is a miracle of salvation and you need to see it. And you can't see about what it looked like, but you're going to see about what God said. Turn to St. John, 6th chapter. And, and, and uh, the last verse is going to be 2nd uh, Peter, the, the 2nd chapter. But right now, St. John, the 6th chapter. I'm going to turn to that. But see, everybody, if you follow folks that ain't looking for their miracle of salvation, amen, uh, it'll be just like a worldly event. They're trying to meet a quota. Y'all better say amen. Thank you, Jesus. What was I think? What I say? Saint Saint John the sixth chapter. Somebody praise him. Should I say Saint John four? I believe it is. If I'm saying it right, y'all help me out today. Y'all bear with us. Let's go to the fourteen where you see what it says. Saint John six fourteen. Thank you, Jesus. It says, Then those men, when they had seen the miracle. Now, what miracle was it? Amen? Go to the seventh verse. Amen? Go to the fifth verse. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great multitude, a company come to him, he said unto Philip, When shall we buy bread that these may eat? All of these folk. This he said to do what? To prove him for he himself. He knew what he was going to do. What did he do? He did it to prove them. Because see, in a worldly event, they were looking to meet their quota. But with Jesus, it is a proven thing of a test of your faith. God already know what he's going to do. Before that man ever got to that house, God already know that house was going to be full. He knew that there was not going to be no room to even get around the door. But this he did to prove them because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He didn't have to tell a man, come in and get a front row seat. VIP seating. Oh yeah, they got that in a whole lot of them big churches too. I've been to them. First tape, got them taped off. Oh, you can't sit here. These are VIP seats. Really? <laughs> That ain't the way God operate. Don't folks trying to meet a quota. Cause what it is, those are those big donators, donors. Then them folks gonna take that checkbook and write out a twenty-five thousand dollars. Now, don't y'all stop giving over here now? Y'all know we don't ask for money. That's what them seats for. And folks that can go to the ATM machine and pull out them thousands. Folks trying to meet a quota. They ain't studying you. God knows, I refuse to go to a church and they don't love me. <laughs> you can feel that thing, you know. <sighs> Glory to God, what about church? Six, when I said day, I ain't talking about everybody. I'm talking about leadership. Everybody ain't got to love you. Do you love the saints? This he said to prove him, for he knew what he would do. And Philip answered, 200 pence worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that everyone may eat a little. Going to break the bread up a little. Amen? It says in uh, the ninth verse, I'm skipping about. And there was a lad here which had five barley loaves and two fishes. But what are they among so many? That's the extra right there. 
Jesus said, make them sit down. And there was much grass in the place, so they all sit down, and there was about 5,000. Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise the fishes as much as they would. And they feel, and they will feel. And he said to his disciples, gather up the fragment, and nothing be lost. Amen? The 14th verse said, And then those men which seen the miracle that Jesus did said of a truth that a prophet shall come into the world. They had to see it free. They did not believe the scripture. But what God gave me, everybody that seek, amen, to eat of the loaves is not seeking for the miracle of salvation. God wants you to eat, but he wants you to seek it all. But everybody, amen, that seek for the miracle of salvation, they will eat of the loaves and they will be filled. Amen? That's what we live for, the world of our church. Amen? 15, let's skip about it. I'm trying to get to my point here. And... 15, and when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force and make him a king. See, yeah, I had to get that one there. He departed again to a mountain. See, there had been some, a lot of us, we would have let him took us. Uh-uh, Jesus, go, yeah, go ahead, you got me. I'm your king. That's how you're in the world. Folks looking for things. But this whole scripture is in reference to Isaiah. 42 where it says, Behold, my servant shall not strive, nor cry. He's not going to lift up his voice in the, in the street. A smoking flag, amen, and a bruised weed will you not see, but he's going to bring judgment unto the Gentiles. In the Old Testament, when a king traveled, uh, they traveled with a caravan. They didn't have life like we have today, but they had them folk with them smoking flags walking. Smoke everywhere. The first time I identified, I was driving a truck for a commercial carrier. I was very young. George W. Sr. Was, was the president of the United States. And his mother stayed in West Palm Beach, and I was driving a truck down there. And I didn't know what happened because they had both lanes of I-95 shut down. And I seen all them limousines and all them cars coming down the road. I said, what's going on? They told me, don't, don't you know, uh, Bush come to see his mama. And God spoke to me and said, my servant shall not strive, not cry. He ain't going to lift his voice up in the street. He ain't trying to be no celebrity. Amen? He ain't going to carry bruised weeds and smoking flax. Sometimes he'll be in the house and you don't even know he got to the house. Hallelujah. He'll be in the house sitting there like a little old child. Ain't looking for no attention. But after a while, you'll notice the atmosphere begin to change in the house. Hallelujah. After some time, it was noise that he was in the house. He didn't make no fuss until he got in the house. But everybody else looking for an entourage. Jesus ain't like that. And I'm trying my best to be like Jesus. I'm telling you, I am such a weird preacher until sometimes I don't understand my own self. But God told me, have you ever wanted for anything since you started preaching? Have you lacked for anything? That's the way Jesus is. He don't strive, looking for no attention. And I say this more humbly, that how come when they have my wife and I appreciation, that I ain't never had no fingernails. 
But my wife used to have fingernails that long. She broke hers off. I'd be nervous. I'd be saying, oh my God. Man, I ain't worried of this right here. What was that church? What was that? 16. And when the evening was not come, his disciples went down to the sea, to the sea and entered into the ship into the other seas toward Capernaum. And it was not dark, and Jesus was not coming to them. The 22nd verse. And the day following, when the people which stood on the other side of the sea, that was not on the other boats there, said that one unto his disciples, where I entered, I'm, y'all help me, I'm not reading right. I'm going to try to get through. I'm trying to get, get through. The 24th verse. And when the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum, seeking for Jesus, supposed to believe. But when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, where you come from? I ain't know that you was here. Because first of all, he don't cry. And Jesus answered, Verily I say unto you, you seek me not, because you saw the miracles. There's a miracle of salvation to everybody keep on seeking God. But because you ate of the loaves and were fear, he said, Labor not for meat which perish, but for that which meat which endures for into everlasting life, for which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For him has God the Father sealed. Are you following me? See, God sealed that man that was born for because he sought for a miracle of salvation and he realized that the door was not shut. Turn to Isaiah 42. Going home in a minute. I want you to get this because God talking to you so you won't get caught up trying to be with the wrong crowd looking for the miracle of salvation. There is a miracle of salvation to everyone that keeps seeking for Jesus. Now, God might have to tweak you a little bit. He might have to tweak your desire and say, now, look, now, you know, that ain't right. You need to straighten this up. Because, see, the only time he tweak our desire is when we desire something that belongs to somebody else. Thou shalt not covet that neighbor's house, his vineyard, his ox, or his donkey. How many of y'all hear me today? Y'all got it? Remember, they were looking for Jesus. After some days, they noticed he was in the house. I told you it was in reference to Isaiah 42. Behold, my servant, whom I upholdeth, mine elect. Everybody got to go around tomorrow. I'm a prophet, and I'm a this, and I'm a that. Amen? And what they really doing is saying, hey, y'all, look at me. But Jesus wasn't like that. Amen? He said, in whom my soul delight, I have put my spirit upon him, and he shall bring forth judgment unto the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. All that dampening, styling, and profiling. Stand up, brother Charles. You know how to do it. Hold your hands out. I can't do it. <laughs> Y'all better say me. See, when I was a kid, they used to call it, what's up, soul brother. Had to be a soul brother. Y'all better say me. 
Thank you, Jesus. Jesus wasn't like that. It says, a bruised reed shall he not break, nor a smoking flat shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. Amen? That's the way Jesus is. He ain't got to have a whole bunch of folks with a whole bunch of lights and, and torches. And when the president comes, they don't come one way. They shut down. They shut down certain avenues. Y'all gonna say amen? Because that's what it is in the world event. But they're really trying to meet their quota. But when it comes down to Christ, it's not about a quota. Even when it don't seem like it's shut. And you don't hear no, you, you don't remember when Jesus got in the house, but you know he in the house. And you're supposed to keep on seeking. Now God knows I don't know much. But there's one thing that Fred Gamma do know is that God put a word in my mouth. Without me being smart, without me studying to be a preacher, God put a word in my mouth. And that word is Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He put this word in my mouth for the people. But I thought that when I first started preaching that the house was going to be packed out. Amen. But I discovered that even when Jesus is in the house or in a man or a woman, not necessarily the house is packed out means a sign that Jesus is there because a rock star can pack out the house. And see, God took away all my natural. I got a voice, but I can't hold a tune in a bucket. I ain't got no skills. I can't play no music. I can't do nothing. And when I get in the bathtub, I can sing pretty good. <laughs> Amen. I remember my pastor. Pastor Bernie's water. Yes, I got saved to a woman. I ain't ashamed to see it. And I remember when I got saved, I couldn't shout. My foot wouldn't move. Everybody was catching the Holy Ghost. Hey! My foot still wouldn't move. And every time I tried to move my foot, I was doing what, what the, I did in the world. So I just stopped doing it. I was doing the Jane Brown and doing the popcorn and doing the worm and... <laughs> And doing the mashed potatoes, I just stopped trying. And I went to my pastor one Saturday morning. I said, Mother, how come I can't shout? How come it don't, I don't never feel it in my feet? I had a song that said, feel it in my feet. I feel it all over me. I never felt it in my feet. <laughs> just like fire. I never. She said, son, don't you worry about it. She said, God going to put something in your mouth. Going to make other folks shout. My God, my God, my God. Thank you, Jesus. How many of y'all hear me? I told my daughter that. She up in Little Rock. And you know, they, they know how to do a praise break. When they, start to, when they bring their orchestra in, the whole musical orchestra. They got their horns, they got all shit. She can't get it in her foot because one of her ankles was broke. I'm sorry, don't worry about it, man. Don't you, don't you break your ankle no more. You better be you. Do you love the saints? Oh, everybody shouting that white ain't right. Let's go somewhere. I'm about finished with that. What was our church? A bruise we shall he not break, nor a smoking flat he shall not quench until he bring forth judgment unto, gent unto truth. What the, what the king would do in the old days, or as a celebrity, they came in with all the reeds, the had folks holding up these smoking reeds, these things smoking and stuff. And amen. And they would not put it out until he said, okay, cut the, cut the lights out. I'm going to bed. Ain't nobody got healed. Ain't nobody got sick. Ain't nobody got delivered. But they blowed the candle out. <sighs> but with Jesus, ain't like that. 
is the building look like it's full. Now, I'm telling you, God talking to you. You got petitions before God. If it seems like the door is closed, God is not turning you away. It is only a test of your faith. God wants you to see the miracle. Amen? And not like these folks. They claim they saw the miracle, but they was not seeking for God. Turn, praise God, to 2 Peter. Third chapter, that's in the latter part of the New Testament, we're going home. Do y'all still love me? Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. What did I say? Second Peter, third chapter, we're going to go home now. There's one thing I do know. You know, because I ain't, I ain't in competition with now I'm preaching, because I know that if I had to compete, I'd lose every time. But when God put a word in my mouth, there come folks call us from out of state, white folks and black folks, it don't matter what color you are, because they know that God going to put a word in my mouth. Y'all better say amen. There's a lady uh, that got on, 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 on my, little, uh, my little Facebook page that my wife and Isha set up for me. And I didn't know who this lady was, but she was at a funeral that I preached in Alabama. She was at my sister-in-law's funeral. And uh, she's supposed to be a distant cousin of, the, of, of, of ours. But anyway, she heard a word. And she didn't know how she could meet me again. So she found out we got this Facebook thing. And this thing is burning her heart. She said, I never. That word that was at that, I mean, that lady went crazy at that funeral. It's just something she heard. She heard a word that got in her spirit. And who knows, one day she might set me up a meeting up there. Amen? Do you love me, saints? Or thy church? Uh... What I say? Second Peter? Second Peter, what I say? Three and three? Two and three? I mean, Second Peter. We're going to read the whole thing here. First verse. But there were false prophets among the people, even there shall be false teachers among you who privately shall bring in damnable heresy, false doctrine. You can't find the Bible nowhere. Even denying the Lord that brought them and bring upon himself swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by the reason of whom the truth is evil spoken of. And it says, through covetousness, shall they with friends' words make merchandise of you, whose judgment lingers not, and whose damnation slumbers not. So they're going to make merchandise of you. God told me, when you go to a world event, they're not concerned about you as an individual. And it's so sad to say it's in a whole lot of church events. They're not concerned about you as an individual. They are trying to meet a quota. They have in mind a certain number of money that they're trying to raise. Amen? And they don't want the, nothing to bother that. And they only see you, amen, as merchandise. Hallelujah. To meet their quota. How many of y'all hear me? Want to pack the house out? That don't necessarily mean that God ain't in the house, but just because the house is full don't mean that he is in the house. But if you can find two or three believers gathered together and seeking for salvation, seeking for deliverance, then Christ is in the house. When I first read that scripture for a long time, ooh, that house was full. If Jesus in the house, the house is going to be full. Then I read it again. 
after certain days, after he had been back there from time and time again, after certain days, it was noise that he was in the house. But he had been there before and nobody noticed him because my servant do not cry. He do not strive. He do not lift up his voice in the street. He ain't looking for no publicity. Y'all come look at me. I'm the man. He don't do that. Only thing he do is change the atmosphere. Hallelujah. And even though the house is packed out and you can't get near there, if, there, if it seems like the door is closed for you and Jesus is in the house, he is not turning you away. That's the message. He has not turned you away. He's not turning you away. It is only a test of your faith. Can you still keep believing God? Amen? That man, Jesus knew that that man was coming, which was born of four, was sick of palsy, laying on a couch. And they could not come in, amen, because the house was full. And why the house was full? Because all of them got there before he got there. It's hard to carry a man through the mountains of Jerusalem. Other folks running by you. But once they meet their quota, the house is full. But when it, if Jesus is in the house, he ain't looking for no quota. But sometimes he will test your faith to see are you going to keep on believing God? Are you going to keep on crying out to God? And if you're going to keep believing God, you're going to have to have somebody to encourage you. You're going to have to have a man or a woman of God that has been through some things to tell you don't give up. Keep believing God. Keep trusting God. We ain't looking for no quota. There's a lot of folks that wonder how do we make it. We never look for a quota. And God be my witness, since I started preaching in this ministry full time, amen, that I never saw the righteous forsaken nor his seed beg bread. I see God make a way effortless. Only thing we do is preach to God. Now, it do bothers me when folks come and give us money and they don't come to church because I want to see them. Because if I was looking for a quota, I'd say, see you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile. But I want to see you. Because I miss you. I got you in my spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Talk to me, somebody. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. But it is a test of your faith. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Where my son, Jareen, at? He gone? Hey, man, I'm going to talk about Jareen a little bit because his wife went to a vineyard today. They had some, something to do after the graduation. And uh, when I was writing this message down, uh, uh, Ross had forgotten took both keys with her. You know, she, they do that sometimes. Sometimes Jereen have both keys. Sometimes she have both keys. So Jereen called Isha from Fort Lauderdale to come pick me up. I got to go to church. Are you following me? That's a test of your faith. I want to be there. Amen? I want to be there. I, I just want to be there. So Isha had to drive to uh, Fort Lauderdale, drive to Palm Beach in the rain, pick up Jereen. Amen? Because even when it seems like that doze is shit. Amen? When it seems like there is no way, God is not turning you away. I'm talking to somebody. I'm talking to us up in here. Bad relationship. Bad this. God is not turning you away. Sometimes sick in your physical body. Sometimes you ain't getting healed. Sometimes you ain't got the joy. God is testing your faith. 
This man that was born of folk, when they came to the house that Jesus was at, they could not get in the house, no, not even about the door. They couldn't even get close to the door. But Jesus did not turn that man away. Hallelujah. And they went on the housetop. And they uncovered the roof. And they let down the sick. Now check this out. You know, when you go on a roof, you can't tell exactly where Jesus is at. Could have been in another part of the house. But because of their faith, they let down the sick right in the midst of Jesus because they moved by faith. And Jesus tested their faith. And he saw their faith. And he said that sins be forgiven them. Amen? And as soon as Jesus said that, them hypocrites that was in the house, they wouldn't let Jesus finish who he is. Only God can forgive sin. Amen? They thought it was another quota. Jesus just doing something. Jesus, that you may know. Which is easy to say, that sins be forgiven thee, or to say arise and take up that bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power to forgive sin. Now I say unto you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And the man took up his bed, and he walked. Stand to your feet today. Somebody say, Lord, have mercy. You need to write this in your notes. God knows when it seems like the door is shut. See, we're talking about a real miracle. Because, see, a lot of folks don't need no miracles. But when you talk about a real, you need God to move in your situation. And it seems like the house is full. That means, amen, that there is no room. That means that the heavens seem like they shut up. But according to 2 Chronicles, the 7, chapter 14, verse, if I shut up the heavens, and there seems to be no rain. If I send locals to devour the land, all kind of bad things happen. God is still not turning you away. He might want you to pray a little bit more. But if my people which are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek God's faith and turn from their wicked way, God say, I hear from heaven, I'll forgive the sins and I'll heal their land. That's what Jesus did for that man. God, he healed his land. But before he did that, he tested his faith. And I, I come to, to reassert you, uh, to, to reassert your faith, to give you a reset. Because you know, as good as I know, that some of you got real faith. You truly believe God. And you did not get no good results. You know I'm telling the truth. You know you had faith. And that's the hard part to try to explain to unbelievers. Child, you just need to have faith. No, that ain't it. But what happened is some kind of way you got let down because what you got, you got to the house and you couldn't get near the door. There was no room about the door. But even then, God is not turning you down, but it is a test of your faith. Jesus tested that man's faith and he saw his faith. He forgave his sin and he healed the land. Tell the Lord, thank you. Somebody shout yes, shout yes, shout yes, shout yes. Woo Jesus. Somebody shout hallelujah. Come on, tell the Lord thank you. Tell him thank you, Lord. Shout thank you, Lord. Woo. 
Too many of us live beneath our privileges. Too many of us give up too quick. Because it seems like the door is shut. It seems like the heavens is shut up. It seems like it ain't going to be no rain. But if I shut the heaven and there be no rain. Let me show how God do it sometime. But Charles, I'm God. And I promise you this Bible right here. This everything you need is in that Bible. Grab at it. I didn't shut the heavens up. You better come on, man. Grab it again. I didn't shut the heavens up. God ain't turning you down. Grab it again. Come on, man. Come on. Follow me. That's all he's doing, testing your faith. Seem, it just seems like it shut up. It might be denied. There you go. That's all God doing. How many believe that? How many can put that in your situation? And now in a natural event, in a worldly event, and even in some religious stuff that really see you as a quota and not as a real person. See you as an extra chair in a tent or extra seat that's full of money. Talk to me, somebody. Now sometimes when they meet their quota, y'all will say amen. Uh, they don't care nothing about that. Because see, I tell you about them VIP seats. Just let some of them folks don't show up. And you whisper in, a, in an urshous ear, ear and say, I got a special offering. They say, come on and sit down. Because <laughs> they ain't quite met that quota. Y'all will say amen. Hallelujah. But when it come down to God, I don't care what it look like, Jesus is not turning you away. Jesus is not turning you away. Now I just saw in the vision like somebody took a handkerchief and you tied a knot in it. And why you tied a knot? Because you can hold on to it. That's what you need to do. Go ahead and turn you away. It is a test of your faith. Just like it was that man that was born for. It tested his faith and Jesus saw their faith. He saw their faith. Because they realize that, that, that wherever Jesus is at, it is not like in the world. Jesus is not looking for no quota. A certain number. A set number. Or a limited number. Y'all but say amen. amen. But he wants to see your faith. Amen. And he's going to move for you. I want you to stand where you are. And I want you to reinvigorate yourself with faith. I don't want you to give up so quick, then we got to move on to a new message. No, 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 no. The devil uses anything, times and seasons. Your age, your gender, your race, your height, your status in life, who you are cousins to. He used all of those things to try to put you in a quarter box. But Jesus said, will thou be made whole? And the man said, I don't have a man. But he had Jesus. Now we do need to repent. Because remember what Jesus did for that man? The first thing he did to that man was. He said that sins be forgiven thee. Hallelujah. Arise. Take up that bed and walk. We do need to repent. Repentance is always tied to complete salvation. Anybody tell you that you ain't got to repent. They ain't telling you the truth. You have to repent. If I think a wrong thought, I got to repent. Hallelujah. Bow your heads right now, all of us. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for my shortcomings. 
I'm sorry for all of my mistakes. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me, to have mercy on me. I repent of my sin. I repent of my shortcoming. I repent for thinking that Jesus is the one who turned me away. I repent for thinking that Jesus has closed the door in my face. I now understand and I realize that it is all a test of my faith. That all of these promises that God made to me and to my children and to my children's children that those promises are still before me. Hallelujah. Lord Jesus, see my faith today. For I repent for my unbelief. And I ask you to have mercy upon me. Save my house. Save my neighbor's house. Save my children. Save my grandchildren. Save God. Bring healing. Bring deliverance. I claim it all. The restoration that you promised. Enjoy all the second chapter. Where you say I will restore unto you. The years, the canker worm, the caterpillar, and the locust. I give it to you in the first month, and the flow shall be full of wheat, and the vats shall overflow with wine and oil, and it shall come to pass that whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For out of Zion shall come deliverance. I receive it all. I receive it all. I receive it all. I receive it all. From hence, folks, I'm not just looking for a house, but I want to find a house where Christ dwells. And if it seems like there is no room, I ain't going to walk away. I'm going to keep trusting God. I'm going to keep looking to him until my sins are forgiven and I can rise up and walk. All these blessings we ask in Jesus' name. Let the whole church say.